Amen. Well, we didn't want the rain. And we were more concerned about the sun and the heat. But it looks like God has been good to us. Amen. No rain and no sun. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to be a preacher this morning. I'm going to be a speaker, okay? So I'm going to do what speakers do. You know, they read and they try not to make too many side comments. Uh, because if I set myself free to really preach, we may be here an hour. And so we're going to just talk to you. But, but, but here's our theme, arise and build. Everybody say that. Now, we heard those words about five years ago. They were delivered to us through the mouth of evangelist Billy Bimba in one of our services when he was a guest preacher. He spoke, and he spoke on a strong anointing. Boldly and prophetically, he declared, we were then called Bethel. He said, Bethel! The Holy Ghost is upon me. Bethel! God said to you, it's time to arise and build. Now, we don't take every prophecy seriously because some people speak from their own minds. And the Bible tells us you need to judge prophecy. But we knew then, and we know now, those words were prophetic. God was speaking to this people. God was speaking to this church. God was speaking to this pastor, and God was speaking to you. And God was giving us instructions. We were not to become comfortable with the facilities that we had just acquired. There was more to be done. God had greater plans for this work. And the instruction was arise and build. And so the reason we're here today is because we're seeking to be obedient to the divine directive. When God speaks, and it bears witness to our spirit, God's people have no choice if they want to be faithful other than to be obedient, no matter how hard or difficult the task may be. When God speaks and God gives you instructions, if you're going to be faithful, you have no choice but to obey. Your flesh may not want to do it. The last thing I wanted to do uh, to hear back then was arise and build. I wanted to relax. I wanted to be comfortable for the rest of my ministry. But God has spoken and there's a reason why God said it because every time God speaks it's because he sees the future. He's not just looking at the present. He's looking at tomorrow. And so I want you to understand why we're here. We're building today but we're building today for tomorrow. How many of you know there is a tomorrow? Until Jesus comes, there's work to be done. The Bible says, occupy until he comes. But those words spoken by, by evangelist Bimba were first spoken by Nehemiah. You can find those words in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2. The, the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. The gates had been burned. The city was in was was desolating and it was a it was a it was a time of shame and distress and God put it into the heart of Nehemiah that he was to go back to Jerusalem and he was to instruct the people and lead the people 
in a nationwide effort to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and restore the dignity to that city. And so Nehemiah, in obedience to God, went to Jerusalem and he, he spoke to the leaders, he spoke to the people, and he said to them, look at Jerusalem. Look at the walls, they're broken down. Look at the gates, they're burned. We are a reproach. Let us arise and let us build. Those words were spoken by Nehemiah. Those walls needed to be rebuilt. It was not an idea that Nehemiah came up with. It was instruction, direction that God gave Nehemiah by placing in Nehemiah's heart the desire to rebuild the walls and restore dignity to the Jewish people. There are three things about what God said to Nehemiah. And when you read the text for the second time, we won't do much reading, if any, right now. But when you have time, read the book of Nehemiah. In particular, read Nehemiah chapter 2, from verse 17 to verse 20. And you will find that in that passage, after Nehemiah had done the investigation, and he had evaluated the need, and he had seen what had to be done, what it would take, what it would cost to obey God, he gathered the people together, and he spoke those words and read the book sometime and you will discover that there were three things about this work, this building project, say building project, that Nehemiah was about to begin and the children of Israel, the, the people of, of, of Jerusalem were about to become involved with. There are three things about that building project that are true about this one. Here's the first thing you will notice. Concerning that building project, the Holy Spirit said, this is a good work. No, no, you didn't hear me. Concerning the building project, read from 17 to verse 20 of Acts, uh, uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, and you will find these words inspired by the Holy Spirit, written in Scripture. Concerning the building project, the Holy Spirit said, this is a good work. You see, some people question when you start to build. Uh, you know, they question whether that's a good use of time and resources. But I want you to hear what the Spirit of God said to Nehemiah. Because that same God has said to us, arise and build. And what is true and what was true then is true now. This building that we are about to break ground for is a good work. Everybody say, this is a good work. But now, why? Why? Because in this building, the gospel will be preached. In this building, thousands in fact, because this building will outlast us, in this building, tens of thousands of people right here will give their lives to Jesus and be saved. 
in this building, thousands times thousands, many thousands will get to know God personally for the first time. And many more will get to know God better. In this building we're about to build, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands before Jesus returned, will get saved, will get to know God, and will get to know God better right here. In this building, new families will begin. Oh yeah, yeah, many, 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 maybe you or some of your children will get married in this building. New families will be born here. New babies, children will be dedicated here to the Lord. Thousands and thousands of children will be dedicated to Christ. Where? Say in that building. Say in this building. Are you hearing me? In this building, there will be many weddings. And in this building, there will be funerals. We will celebrate the homegoing of many of us who, if Jesus tarries, will one day have the opportunity to go home. Right there. You see, this is a good work. In this building, Christian, Christ-like leaders will be raised up. Many workers will be equipped for the kingdom. Hundreds and thousands of ministers will be raised up and sent throughout the world. In this building, millions will be raised. Uh, millions will be raised to support the cause of world evangelization. To fulfill the Great Commission. This building will make it possible for us to make a difference for Christ in our lifetime. The list is longer, but I'll stop there. Everyone say, Bishop, this is a good work. But if you look again, you'll see there's another adjective used to describe the building project that Nehemiah was involved with. Nehemiah, by the Spirit of God, described it as a great work. It's good. But he said it's not only good, the Holy Spirit said this building that you're about to do is a great work. Say great. What was true of that wall is true of this building. What we're about to break ground for is not just good, it's a great work. It's a great work, one, because of the size and the cost. The way it's being designed, but it, when, we, when, we, when we dedicate the first part of it and we actually start to worship, it's being designed right now to hold about 1,250 people, 1,200 to 1,400 people. And that's the first phase. We'll dedicate that. We'll move. But we're building it with tomorrow in mind. So it's being designed in such a way that you can easily add another 1,200, 1,250 seats when you're ready. And now you can accommodate 2,500 people at one time. So the size of the building 
is big and that makes it great, but with a big building comes a great cost. So we will hear from the one who's helping us with our construction, but this will cost millions of dollars. Say so it's a great work. It's a great work because of the size. It's a great work because it's going to cost some real money. But it's a great work even more because of the impact. Say impact. It is going to have. Listen to me. Listen to me. The impact is going to have on the next generation. We are building this facility. This cathedral. We you and me are going to build it. We're going to use it. It's going to serve us, but we're not building it for us. It's being built by us for the next generation. This building is going to be your gift and my gift to the generation after us. Now, you, you didn't get excited. We are not just going to use up our time and space here and leave and there's nothing that we've left behind that will enable the next generation to start way ahead of where we were. You see, when we begin this, we begin this with nothing. In 1990, nothing. My wife and I had two bags, of uh, two suitcases, a handful of people, no place to lay our head. We move from place to place, from school to this, from that. The next generation will not have to do that. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm saying the generation after us and the generation immediately after them will not have to start from scratch. They won't have to break ground. They won't have to raise the money because when they show up, we would have gifted them with a building 1,250, 2,500 seats that they can walk into and instantly stand on our shoulders and begin to reach the world and begin to make disciples and begin to impact the nations for Christ. They don't have to start where we start. And so it's great because of the impact and because this is going to be your gift my gift, our gift to the generation that will come after us and to the generation after them. And not only will there be a building, but there will be a building to inspire them, a building to challenge them, a building to remind them that there was a generation of believers who believed God. There was a generation of believers who sacrificed. There were a generation of believers who were willing to give their all. They will look at that building and we will have the history. We will make sure they can read the history so that they can know that there was a day when people gathered together who had their own needs, had their own expenses, had their own homes to take care of, but they prioritized the gospel. They prioritized the mission. They prioritized the, the plan of God. They put God first and they with their sweat and with their sacrifice invested so that they, that next generation, won't have to. They will remember and be inspired that if we did it, then they ought to do even more. They will stand on our shoulders. This will be your gift and my gift to them.
And we're going to pay off before so that we're not giving them a debt. We're giving them an asset. Hallelujah. Don't know what I've used up my time, but I'm not done. How much more time I got? I'm okay? Five minutes, okay. I'm Bishop Rock, and I can ignore him. The sun is not hot, so I can keep them out a little bit longer. <laughs> so, it's a, it's, a, it's a what? It's a good work? It's a... Can anybody deny that this is a good work, knowing what's going to happen there? Is there anybody here who can deny that this is a great work, knowing that we are building, and this is going to be our gift to the generation? We're not building primarily for ourselves, but for those that will come after us. We will leave this behind for them to continue. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm leaving. He said, but I'm not going to leave. I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you something. I'm not just going to go. I'm going to give you something. We're going to give the next generation something if Jesus tarries. Then lastly, this is not only a good work. It's not only a great work. Read Nehemiah, and you will discover that this is God's work. When Nehemiah described the building project, he said very clearly more than once, my God put it in my heart to do this thing. In other words, God was the originator. God was the source. God was the giver of the mission and the vision. It didn't originate with Nehemiah. He was simply chosen by God to be the vehicle by which God would do his work. This thing didn't initiate. We didn't initiate it. I didn't. You didn't. This is from heaven. This is God's work. He is the one building his church. And it is he who by his spirit put this in my heart and Pastor Chris's heart and put it in your heart and in your heart and in our hearts and the heart of all these pastors. This is God's work. Now, some people need to be convinced. So Nehemiah had to take a few minutes to convince some of his folks that this was God's work. And so he began to recount and give testimony. Do you see what God did? Do you see what God did? He said, I was there in Persia, and this is what God did. His hand was upon me. He showed me favor, and he moved upon the heart of the king, this heathen king. And this man not only gave me permission to come, but supplied me with soldiers to accompany me and made available the resources of his kingdom in order to rebuild this wall. He began to give testimony and evidence of the hand of God upon the work, testifying that this was not his work, but God's work. Not brothers, brothers, sisters. Look around here. Look at, turn around, look at that building. Doesn't that testify? That this is God's work? Uh, uh, Jay Daniel, who is Jay Daniel, who's, our, who's going to be out here, he's the one. He said, Bishop, he said that yesterday, if you were to attempt to build this building today, how much would, it, how much would you estimate that building would cost? How much? Do you hear that? I thought was, he was going to say 20 something million. He said $52 million. If you attempted to build this building here, these two buildings, let me just. These two buildings, $52 million. Do you know how many acres of land you own here? 60. If that is not evidence that God's hand 
it is it's upon us and that this is God's work, then I don't know what more evidence that we need to produce. Because our darling son Johnson knows there was nothing in me. I did not have the ability. I was not smart enough, wealthy enough, connected enough to any man to make this possible. We are here because this is God's work and God spoke and with simple faith, just like we're about to do today, we took the step of faith and the step of obedience. And this step has brought us here. I could go on and on, testimonies upon testimonies that indicate that the hands of God, oh my goodness, somebody need to hear me. I say I could, I could, you, I could take all day and give you testimony upon testimony that the hand of God is upon this work. Are you hearing me? And so what we're about to do is God's work. We are privileged that he has chosen us. Privileged that he thinks he can trust us to be his partners in doing this. Can he trust us? I believe so. By his grace, we can do it because he will help us. Now, nothing, nothing, nothing you do for God, no work of God that God has given you to do will be unopposed by the enemy. The minute you decide you're going to do what God told you to do, you can expect him to show up in order to discourage you, in order to dissuade you, in order to tell you you cannot do it, in order to say, who are you? In order to say, do you know what you're attempting? Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how big that is? Do you know how impossible that is? Especially during a time of a pandemic. But let me tell you again. Let me give you a quick testimony. This building is being paid for in, in, in different phases. The first phase was the design and permitting phase. That phase cost, I believe if I'm correct, $1.2 $1 million. We've been in a pandemic for the last two years almost. And we can stand here and say that that first phase is completely paid off. We don't owe one cent. We were able to do that and pay $1.2 million. And we can enter into this next phase not owing anything on the building. And not only that, we have $600,000 in the bank ready to start. So as soon as we dig ground today and the work begins, Jay Daniel will start drawing on that 600000 That 600000 will take us somewhere. But see what God has done? Come on, folks. Isn't this evidence that God's hand is upon us? Isn't this evidence that God is at work? Isn't this the evidence that we have his favor for whatever reason? He's being gracious to us and he wants to work with us and wants to work through us. Hallelujah. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. We didn't choose him. He chose us. He chose us because he loved us. He chose us. What a privilege. Oh, my goodness. A good work. A great work. And most importantly, God's work. And so when Nehemiah was faced with the opposition,
And they begin to try to discourage him, send ballot and Tobias and, and them. They, they begin to, the naysayers. And how many of you know, unfortunately, there will be some naysayers in our congregation. But there will be some who don't believe. And some who will want to ascribe all kinds of negative reasons to what we're doing. And so you had that opposition that Nehemiah had to face. But, but we know how to answer. We know what to say. When the enemy begins to speak to our minds in order to discourage us, dissuade us, and cause us to wonder, we know because God has taught us to say what Nehemiah said. When they were trying to discourage him, Nehemiah said, he said, listen, he says, our God will help us. Our God will prosper us. Our God will make us to succeed. We're not doing this because we have confidence in our flesh. And when the devil says you can't, we say, yeah, we know that, but our God. It's too, it's too expensive. Yeah, it is too expensive, but our God. Your people, your people, your people are not millionaires. Yes, but our God. Come on, everybody say, yes, but our God. One more time. Yes, but our God. We don't have to argue with him when he gives all the reasons we can't. We say, yes, but you see, you've got to factor in the this fact that God <laughs> is the one who has chosen us. God is the one who will help us. God is the one who has brought us this far. He's already taken us out of Egypt. Are you hearing me? He will take us into the promised land. So every time the enemy whispers in our ears, we will not argue. We will say, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But our God, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then he said to somebody else, he says, I've discovered a secret. When I am weak, when I am not able, when I cannot, when I don't have enough, when I fall short, I've learned a secret. When I'm weak, that is when I'm the strongest. When I'm weak, that's when I'm the greatest. When I'm weak, that's when I'm most dangerous. Because when I am weak, then I'm strong. Because his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Come on, say hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So, since our God since our God will prosper us, since this is his work, since this is a great work, since this is a good work, what are you going to say? What am I going to say? Well, my prayer is that you and every harvester will respond to this opportunity that God has given us with these words. We, his servants, will arise and build. Because our God will prosper us, we, his servants, will not sit. We, his servants, will not just pray. We, his servants, will not just look. We, his servants, and when I'm saying arise, I want those servants to stand. We, his servants, will arise.
and we will point point there we will build in Jesus name in Jesus name and so we want to invite you to the dedication put it on your calendar we'll send you the exact time and an hour but it's coming soon we want to invite you to the dedication of the Harvest Intercontinental Cathedral, Old New Maryland. A great work that would not just serve this local church, but would serve this intercontinental ministry that is committed more than ever to a world where no one will live or die without Christ. You and I are part of history. Let's show up in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated.